We are a tearless, tiny crowd, we survivors of David Shaw. Imagine it. Five of us gathered like a wilting bouquet, my grandmother the lone thistle standing. Next to her, my grandfather softly droops under the grand dome above us, painted by some hideously famous artist centuries ago. This is quite literally our ancestral home, built in the 1500s by Henry the Somethingth. Grandfather, a.k.a. Lord Elliot II, was once a strapping, reed-backed, but jolly Englishman's Englishman, hunter of pheasants, of foxes, but not of fortune. That he inherited from his father, who inherited it from his father, and on it goes. Now, however, he sags beside my grandmother, half of his face twisted into a permanent grimace after a stroke two years ago. I tried to heal him when that was a thing I realised I could do. It didn't work. I still don't know why. His light blue eyes are clouded over and staring at nothingness as he leans on his cane, his hand trembling. My grandmother can't quite disguise her pleasure at the optics of our black-frocked family, standing on the grand staircase of the grand entrance, as we pretend to wait for the cars in full view of the mourners passing by on foot. Never mind that my grandfather can't do steps. Lady Sylvia could not care less. Imagine, if you will, a sharper, crueler version of Maggie Smith, and you'll have some semblance of an idea of my grandmother. Add an unhealthy dose of botulinum toxin, and there's your visual. Standing beside the remains of my family, I've never felt more like a stranger. My stepmother, Ruth, grips my sister Katie's hand as the valet helps my grandfather descend to the car, for my sister's sake more than her own. My stepmother seems quite fine, actually, enduring this hideousness as if it were any other day with my grandparents. She's had years of practice being a lowly American, and my father's second wife at that. My sister, however, her ocean blue eyes are dull and clouded, staring at nothing, and dressed in black, she looks mostly dead herself. She hardly notices when my stepmother breaks away to head to the chapel on her own. We should be going with her, but my grandmother insisted on this arrangement. Separate cars for second wives, and Ruth either didn't care enough to protest, or knew better. The 18th century chapel is on the grounds of the estate, only about half a kilometre away. Its spire pierces the English sky, grey, sunless, speckled with the occasional crow. A carefully landscaped wood helps obscure the 12th century ruins of the abbey that preceded it. Grandmother finds the ruins unsightly, unsurprisingly but the National Trust entered into an arrangement with some skint ancestor or another, maintaining castles isn't cheap, and thus prevented her from fucking up that which should not be fucked with. I'm rather sentimental about the ruins. As a child, I half-heartedly attempted suicide there now and again, always returning from post-tourist hours expeditions with knees winking with cuts, and the occasional fracture or two. All right, children. My grandmother clasps her hands together as the car comes to a stop. The carriage will begin the procession once everybody is assembled at the chapel. All you need do is wait until the casket is carried inside, then sit in the front left pew. Is that understood? My father's effectless, emotionless voice is echoed in hers, and she speaks as though it were not her dead son we were gathered here to mourn, but rather a play we're about to put on. If I were capable of feeling anything at the moment... I think I might hate her.